Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment uh, to keep my sanity. And the wisdom rushing in. So much clearer. everybody welcome back to another episode of oh shoot i have another in-person guest second in-person guest besides charlie and tylee Haley shaquin <laughs> Haley's here and we're gonna talk about how she moved her business um we're gonna talk a little bit about work-life balance so Haley, say hi to everyone give everyone a little intro tell everyone who you are yes well thank you so much i'm so excited to be here yeah. sitting on your comfy couch yeah um, yeah, I'm Haley Shaquin. I have been a full-time wedding photographer for almost eight years, which is feels crazy. I know. I feel like I'm <laughs> like so old. old. <laughs> um, but I just, I absolutely love what I do. It's such a fun job for so many reasons. Um, but yeah, I have my husband, who I've been married to for seven years, and um, a daughter, Carter, who's three, and then another baby on the way. So work-life balance, it'll be fun when we get to that. Yeah. LOL. LOL. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So kind of walk me through how you got started in photography. So it yeah. started after you were married. Yeah. So the same year that we got married was essentially the year that I started shooting full-time. So it was like in that same season. Um, but as far as like my official start, I really honestly like loved art and photography and pictures and had my little Canon Mm-hmm. power shot growing up and stuff but um when I was a senior in high school I really had no idea what I wanted to do I knew I wanted to do something with writing at some capacity so I originally planned to study journalism and broadcasting oh. so my mom will be so proud that I'm on a podcast wow my I dad always says I have a face for the radio so that's <laughs> perfect <laughs> journalism at its finest lol <laughs> yes um but it was the summer before my freshman year of college that um, I actually went to like a random photography workshop for somebody in town. And um, after that point, it had never crossed my mind that anybody could make money taking photos. Like never even was a thought in my brain that that could be a career. And so um, when I started to take on sessions, like basically my senior year of high school, um, and then once I had the capacity to take it full time. It was around my junior year of high, of college. <laughs> of high school. <laughs> <laughs> Backtracking. Um, but yeah, my junior year of college that I was like, you know what? Journalism is not for me. Yeah. The lifestyle is not for me. And I just loved shooting weddings. Okay. And so I yeah. ended up pursuing that full time and dropping out of school. Okay. You dropped yeah, out of school. For sure. How was that? <laughs> um, Good, not great. I mean, I feel like I was so close, like I was heading into my senior year. But at the same time, there were so many other factors that went into it as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly wouldn't change that trajectory at all. Okay. Um, I think it took a lot of boldness and confidence to drop out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's not for everybody. That's not everybody's path. But for me, it worked really well and yeah. gave me the space to focus on the things that I loved. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. So then how did you book your first wedding? How did that start? Because yeah. I mean, you don't just start photography and jump right into weddings, you know, or do you? Wait, did, no. did you? Oh, <laughs> the first wedding I ever shot was for a friend of mine whose photographer canceled very last minute. And so it was like such a long day. I think I got paid like $300 and it was like, honestly, it was such a like rough experience. I was so, I had like my first, probably one of my first anxiety attacks on that wedding day. And I told on that day, right before the ceremony started, I was like overcome. Oh my gosh. Just so much pressure. Didn't know what I was doing. Was borrowing a friend's camera, like was not cut out for that. And, um, I told Leighton, my husband, I was like, never let me do that again. Like that was the worst decision. 50 um, weddings later. Yeah, here literally. You are. <laughs> um, we literally, I was like reading a blood oath that I will never do that. Cause it was so bad. And a couple weeks later, a friend of mine, um, who was also getting into weddings was like, Hey, I have this like brunch wedding, great couple. So chill. Do you want a second shoot for me? And I was like, yes, I love shooting weddings. I would love to do that. <laughs> Just lied to her. Yeah, face. No. <laughs> but I honestly, I opened my eyes to a totally different type of client that was way more down to earth, focused on the important things. And it was such a relaxed day. Mm. It made me think if I can find more people like this, I want to do that forever. Right. Like, so that was a really easy on ramp after that point. Okay. And I know that's going to be good to hear for a lot of people listening because a lot of people will write in and say like I just am not booking my ideal clients like this sucks like I don't know if I can keep going but it's Mm -hmm. like it does get better like as you start to get the right clients for you right and I think it takes a lot of like humility too to say I like for me when I started booking my first season um I was not booking my ideal client for sure like my price points were lower Mm -hmm. um I was just getting my foot in the door. I remember so many of my first client meetings. I was telling them the truth. I was saying, "Hey, I have never shot a wedding before. Like I've sh- or like I've shot one, but I promise to work really hard and give you great photos." And yeah. nobody should have trusted me, but they <laughs> did anyway. And you know, slowly and over the course of the next year and a half, I was able to get to clients that were more my ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it does take time. So be patient and don't be afraid to take on things that don't always feel exactly right because it will lead you and yeah. help you to understand what you really love. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I would say unless there's like really obvious red flags, right. like they're not making payments or something, totally. or, you know, or something like that, like you do kind of have to be picky. Sh- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you have to be picky and then sometimes it's like you do have to take just whatever comes your way as mm-hmm. well like there's like a balance in the totally. beginning there yeah there's a balance because it's a like no matter if if they're getting married at the perfect venue or not like this couple is trusting you to take their wedding photos and it's a really big deal yeah and so for me it was like what a privilege like even if it's not the money I want to make or mm-hmm. the venue I feel like I want to shoot at like I am growing and I'm a literal one-year-old photographer. So there's a lot of grace to say I can learn and they're allowing me the space to do that, which is so amazing. Yeah. That's a good mindset to have, to view it as a privilege. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't view it as a privilege, that's where we start to have some attitude issues and, you know, things start to go downhill really quick. Totally. Yeah. That was a big wake-up call, especially with my move. Like, yeah. so I had been shooting weddings full-time for about five years and then we moved from Nebraska to Michigan and so 
having my whole network, like born and raised in Nebraska, you know, I built my business there, um, was shooting with my ideal clients, like best, you know, years ever. The last three years there were awesome. And moving to Michigan where we had no contacts, no network, I had no client base. Mm -hmm. um, it was a huge wake up call for my attitude. Like I might have a portfolio, but I don't have a network. And so yeah. um, the privilege of being picky and getting to take on, you know, only a certain amount or only certain um, types of budgets or something was like out the door. I had to really be mm -hmm. like humbled to go almost back to what felt like the beginning, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But that actually segues us nicely into the move, which mm -hmm. is what I wanted to talk about with you because we both moved. Yeah. I mean, mine was not that recent, but like I moved right before you moved back here. Yeah. I don't think you realized that when you reached out to me initially. Oh, really? Yeah. I had just been back for like, I was still living in like my six month rental, which was what, what we did right when we moved back in my uncle's house. Yeah. So I had just moved back from New York, which I lived there for like five years. And then I moved back to Michigan, which I'm from, but you moved from Nebraska mm -hmm. to Michigan, but you didn't have any ties in Michigan. No. So I have like an aunt and uncle here, like down like Southern Michigan. And then like Leighton's brother lives in Southwest or Southeast Michigan, but otherwise okay. no. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of just walk me through the move, what that was like, kind of like what impacted your move. Just kind of walk me through all of yeah. all the juicy details. Yeah. So I think, I mean, Leighton and I had for a long time wanted to move, but it just never panned out. So we thought, why not, you know, the year of 2020 when we have a four month old and we head into winter. Right. In, in the, the north. pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it all makes sense. It was all it was perfect timing. <laughs> um, yeah, it was actually insane timing, but it worked out super super well to be honest um but anyway we essentially in the beginning of 2020 we decided we were going to move we just didn't know where and so it was just a matter of like discerning where that would move would take us and we essentially landed on Grand Rapids for no reason <laughs> like there was really no reason to move here outside of it just felt really comfortable and like it just we could envision our lives here and so we visited in August of 2020 and then we moved in October, at the very end of October in wow. 2020. Yeah. Um, so because we didn't really know, like, where we were going to go, business-wise, it was really, like, stress-inducing for me. Because mm -hmm. January time is usually when I get most of my bookings for, like, the upcoming year. Um, or, like, around the holiday season for the upcoming year. And so it was really hard to be getting all of these ideal inquiries for Nebraska weddings. Oh and just gosh. feeling in my gut. I need to say no. And at that point, we didn't even know if we were going to move. It just felt like I was saying no to a year's salary. It was mm -hmm. crazy. But I felt, we felt so confident that we were supposed to move to Michigan. And so I started saying no to all these weddings. And every time it was so hard. Um, but eventually, we landed on Grand Rapids. And that, once we landed, it was like, I could do pedal to the metal and start working to build up a business, even when I'm not in that location yet, mm -hmm. to see if it'll work. Um, okay. And so I think for me, mindset-wise, just a very open grip on just being okay to fail. Like, yeah. I was really prepared. If this takes years, it could take years to rebuild. It took years to build in Nebraska, like it's probably going to take even longer to do it where I don't know anyone. Mm -hmm. And so I started just to do what I could, which was like 
you know, geotagging like Grand Rapids, even though I'm clearly taking photos in like a field in Nebraska, I'm like tagging Michigan. Um, I started reaching out to Michigan based photographers, just trying to make connections Mm -hmm. more than anything. It was because I knew I would need friends and what better way to have friends that could potentially feel like coworkers too. Mm -hmm. And so, um, started reaching out to people and then, um, yeah, when we visited, I planned, so we visited in August and I planned and kind of designed like two styled shoots, um, just to try to get some like Grand Rapids looking things so people right. didn't think I was like a fraud <laughs> yeah um but yeah did I even answer your question I started no I, I asked you to tell the story so oh, okay. <laughs> there was no question it just was open-ended true <laughs> so I think what you said about okay so like my one of my questions is like how did you prep your business for the move mm-hmm. so I want to talk like pre-move so one of the things I also did was visited Grand Rapids while I was living in New York still I knew at that point that I was going to move though and when I would come to visit I would do shoots because I didn't have like I didn't have couples in my portfolio Mm -hmm. I definitely didn't have weddings so I just needed like a little bit of experience I actually I did have like one or two weddings so one thing I did do was I like booked things while I was visiting home even though I still lived in New York so I booked weddings like over Christmas break yeah I don't know how the heck I did that I don't know (laughs) yeah I I don't know either but you know just like building your portfolio in that way before you even move so that once you get there you have at least like one venue you can tag or like one couple that you've connected with you know yeah that's such a smart way of doing things too like especially if you know where you're gonna go Mm -hmm. and have the opportunity to visit beforehand at least for us we had only been to Grand Rapids that one time in August so it was like we I had one shot, you know, to like even see what the landscape was like. And um, I think probably the biggest prep work was it was more mental and emotional prep to say, you know, if it doesn't work out, I'm not going to plan a plan B. Like, I'm not going to get a part time job. Yeah. I'm going to do my absolute best and work the hardest I can work to make this work. So I'll know all my best effort was there. And yeah. if it fails, it wasn't for lack of trying. Mm-hmm. But over that, it was like, I'm not going to have a plan B. I'm going to try really hard. And also, if I fail, it's okay. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a season for everything. And so I think having that loose grip, I was actually more free to, like, really work. Mm -hmm. Um, So as far as before moving, yeah, we visited the one time I started um, hashtagging locations. I, because I had an ideal um, client in mind, and I know that's kind of a hard term like my ideal client isn't necessarily a budget or a venue it's a type of person Mm -hmm. um and I will shoot weddings like I mean I've shot weddings for free in the past like when I was first starting out because they were the type of people I just loved being around Mm -hmm. um I wouldn't always recommend that obviously (laughs) but as you're starting out you know you have the discernment and the ability to do that as a business owner and Mm -hmm. um so I kind of knew the type of person I wanted to work with. And I started to like follow accounts or like restaurants or like locations, mm-hmm. like 
that I thought my ideal client would be hanging out at. And so I creepily just started following people. I did that too. I like would go and find like girls that, yeah, like followed certain accounts Mm -hmm. that I could tell were like in relationships, but not married. Yeah. And I would follow them. (laughs) But, and like still to this day, I find myself being like, why am I following this person? I don't know this person. And it's from that season where I was following people just left and right. I know. Did it actually end up, getting you bookings yes it did my first ever paid booking was because of me being creepy on instagram (laughs) that's amazing yeah i just and it was it was cool and it felt authentic because it was the type of person i would want to hang out with anyway Mm -hmm. so it didn't feel like a stretch or like i was like fishing for something it was like if i never shoot with this person i would want to be her friend right so yeah i'm gonna follow her and like start interacting and they ended up getting engaged and then I shot their engagement photos and then their wedding. That's so amazing. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. So did you do any like SEO prep or anything like on your website before you moved? Yeah. So I'm really bad at that kind of thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I, the probably one of the other back end things in prep was I started, it literally was $3 a day and I started a Google ad oh, for okay. West Michigan wedding photographers and I was like, I'm buying a coffee. I'm just going to, you know, swap my coffee money out for this um, Google ad. And I'm not like a, I'm not a marketer, but through that Google ad, I think most of my bookings came really? from that. That's amazing. And just people, you know, because I had a portfolio of couples and weddings, which is what I wanted to shoot in Michigan. I just needed to get in front of people. Like I just needed them to see that I existed and mm-hmm. that I was a person living in Michigan now. And the bar is so low. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, just no, I'm a person. Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> so the biggest tip is set your bar and your standards incredibly low. On the floor, <laughs> yes. Um, but it actually like it worked like really well because even when I started doing random shoots when I moved, um, I have a whole story about all the random things I would take <laughs> photos of. Um, but either way it was like, but once people see my page, they see I'm a wedding photographer. So Mm -hmm. I will work with an artist in town or a guy that makes pies and I'll take photos. This happened for real. Um, like I would love to get in front of people's faces because once they see, like, I want them to see that I shoot weddings. So, yeah, no, that's really good. So let's talk about what you did once you moved here. So that was yeah. like prep, like something else I did for SEO. I yeah. went and did all of my, um, what are they called? Like the titles alt. of like, yeah, the alt text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did do that too. I lied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of like all the photos on my website, I went and changed them all to like Grand Rapids wedding photographer. Yeah. Don't know if that helped, but whatever. It feels good to know that you're trying though. It's true. <laughs> like it spent me, t- I took 20 minutes to do it. Like yeah. it feels good. Um, so let's talk about what you did once you moved here. Like, yeah. just kind of walk me through some of your strategies, maybe some things that did and didn't work, like, once you were here. Yeah. I think that was, like, the mental prep of knowing, like, I could fail mm-hmm. was, you know, reaching out to people, you know, shortly after we moved, were just like-minded photographers. I would get ghosted. And I'm a sensitive person. So that, <laughs> <laughs> that at first was, like, oh, like, it's just, it's hard when mm-hmm. you're, like, you know, you need help or you need friends. And so being comfortable um, to just put yourself out there. It was not easy at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It took a lot of effort mentally and emotionally for me to put myself out there. 
And I feel like it's like a muscle group now that I've like worked out a lot um, because I had to. I had no other option. Mm -hmm. And so once we moved, um, I just basically just started meeting with people and trying to essentially trying to make friends. Like um, my first year here. So like in 2021, my first full photography season, um, I second shot most uh, probably half of my weddings I second shot and then half of them I was shooting on my own which even that like I was really happy to have my own clients too but also to just make connections through second shooting was so awesome just to meet people and get a feel for things and um so once I would meet up with a photographer I would just say like I have a pretty wide open calendar if you need a second photographer I have way too much time on my hands yeah um and so I would do um little meetups with people and the photography group that like random <laughs> group of people is so fun and like so needed for me just as somebody who is new to the area yeah. especially post pandemic like that was so essential to have community too mm-hmm. um but i think mindset wise as well just having the perspective of like being okay to ask for help like I could not build a business if people didn't refer me. Yeah. And I couldn't, you know, second shoot a wedding if people didn't trust me. So mm-hmm. I needed people and I couldn't do it alone. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So something that you mentioned that I want to give more context to, basically how I met Haley, <laughs> she reached out to me on Instagram yeah. and you were like, hey, like I love to like meet up for coffee or something like that. And I you didn't know I had just moved back. So I was like, I also want to meet up for yeah. coffee because I also don't really have friends. So we yeah. went up and then Haley like kind of created like this group of like other photographers that she had met up with. Mm-hmm. And we did like this big like charcuterie night. Yeah. But like Haley was the main reason we were all there because we all had met her. Yeah. Now that I think about it, it could have been an awesome like MLM like oh marketing gosh, I scheme. I totally could have done that. Yeah. You totally <laughs> could have been like, want to buy my protein powder? <laughs> I actually sell essential oils. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we all met up and then I actually met like some of my really good friends from just doing that little group. Yeah. So you really like put together this little community that I honestly was lacking. Like I didn't really have any photography friends. Yeah. I have like two. Yeah. So like just from you going outside of your comfort zone doing that, like, because I mean, it was a good business move for you. It benefited everyone. That's and good like, to hear. yeah, it was. I'm really grateful you did that because it kind of like showed me that I need to be a little bit more intentional with like actually getting to know other photographers and not yeah. just like living in my little bubble. It's so easy to do that though, like yeah. as a as an entrepreneur, especially when at times it can feel competitive too, where you're like, we're all trying to shoot with the same types of people. Like, what do we do with that? But I think at the same level, because you have such a similar mindset, there's already such a good foundation for connection. Mm-hmm similar age groups, lifestyles, interests, passions. Like it was already, it was like, I want to be friends with people that understand the things that I love and am passionate about or like the struggles I have too. Like Mm -hmm. immediately any of those girls would understand what it feels like to get ghosted by a client or to have a bad experience or to struggle with bookings. And so it just felt like a really safe place too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's a really, it's a really good thing to do. And overall, like I feel like it helped I do feel like it helped you a ton, like get bookings and just like create some of your like BFFs too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It was so awesome. And I'm still like, I love being in touch with those people as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was like connection points there. And then 
my dad gave me really good advice before we moved. He just said, be a regular wherever you go. So just mm-hmm. keep showing up um, at the same places, not in like a creepy way. I sound like such a creep. Oh, my God. <laughs> you do. We're like going <laughs> to investigate you after this. Please do. Get my background check done. Um, but just to like be intentional with the people that I'm running into a lot. So mm-hmm. um, I think more than anything, it was like I don't want to come into a relationship with an agenda. I want people to know that like I need I need people, I need friends, I need community, and yeah. um, more that mindset than right. I need something from you, right. if that makes sense. Yes. No, you don't want to be snaky about it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not ethical. No. So with your clients then, like your first year being back, mm-hmm. compared to like, I guess not being back, but your first year b- moving here, and then like your next year, how does it look different, like, getting new clients? Like, how did you get those first clients? And then how mm-hmm. is it different now? Like, are your lead sources different? Is it kind of the same? You know what's crazy? I was shocked, um, even at the time when I found this out, that my lead source in Nebraska was referral-based. So it was mm-hmm. people hearing about me and telling their friends. And I knew for sure, like, that would not be the case in Michigan, but it was. Really? It was referrals still. Like, it was Dang. Google before we moved and maybe for six months after that and then it was all referral based which okay. is shocking because I was getting referrals from people that never had met me in Michigan but had followed me okay and so people that I didn't know were referring me or like these photographer girlfriends were referring me mm-hmm. that was like the life source as well was that group and other girls like that um, or business owners like that and then um, yeah I never really struggled with having like an issue booking it was okay crazy yeah that's amazing <laughs> I expected a lot of hardship but it was like yeah yeah okay awesome. yeah I think a lot of people when they think about moving their business they're just afraid of like oh what if I never get clients like yeah and that could happen but also like it also could not happen yeah like you just don't know and I think like I always I always like everyone has this place in their head that they want to move to, mm-hmm. right? Like everyone has yeah. like this place that they want to move to. Like for some people it's I don't know, Italy. For some people it's literally Florida. Yeah. But like <laughs> I don't know. I think this is kind of like if anyone needs a little bit of a nudge to yeah. try something new and maybe move somewhere and not be afraid that their business might fail, like I think it's yeah. okay. I think it's okay. And it will open your eyes to different points of connection. Like I think because of, you know, when I first moved, it was like, I'm willing to take on any type of shoot. And it opened my eyes to like, I don't just love weddings. I love people Mm -hmm. and I love taking photos. And I don't care if it's photos of a newborn session or pastries or a restaurant or a wedding client. Like it was like, I just love connecting with people. And it opened the doors to so many different types of opportunities. And it actually helped the commercial side of my business like really yeah. expand that's cool which I did not expect or or plan on but yeah um I think especially as somebody that has that entrepreneurial mindset when you don't have any quit in you and you're willing to take on anything you know eventually that led me back to where I my heart is which is wedding clients but mm-hmm. there was kind of a windy road to get there and it was so worth it because I found a lot of other passions and great connections yeah okay so you mentioned commercial work Mm -hmm. I actually saw one of your photos on the experience GR Instagram page yes so talk to me about how you got connected with like these businesses you're taking photos of like 
pasta night <laughs> and like all these random things and like yeah. a cool rooftop bar like yeah how did that happen like yeah I mean I don't honestly even know like these these people will just find me through Instagram or um like Google searches and things like that um but like I think what people need to realize when you're struggling in a new area and you're trying to book clients, you know, don't write off what feels like the little shoot because I did little tiny shoots that felt like they were meaningless, Mm -hmm. but brought me two or three wedding clients the next year because they saw me as a wedding photographer, Mm -hmm. even though I was taking family photos, if that makes sense. Yeah. And every opportunity you have a client and you're taking photos as a photographer is your chance to... not impress but like show off what it would look like to work with you Mm -hmm. so if you have you know um, an approachable personality or like a really really creative mind or you know your gear super well like lean into whatever is your skill set and don't care about what you're shooting as much as you are giving the client an experience that they will talk about good or bad yeah and if they talk about it in a really great light and then somebody else finds your page and sees that you shoot weddings, like it just opens the door mm-hmm. for that. That yeah. probably didn't answer your question. No, it did. <laughs> no, that's really cool. Like, don't like forget about the little shoots. Yeah. I've booked a lot from little shoots too. Like yeah. you'd be so surprised. I think it's because it's another opportunity opportunity to super like really take care of a client and yeah. do your best. True. And show people like if I can do that for a 30-minute mini session that you randomly booked me because you happened to find my page, um, I promise I can do that for a wedding. Yeah. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense. When you moved here, how did you manage your old bookings in Nebraska? Yeah. That's uh, something I always think about. It was hard. Honestly, it was really hard to tell people I was moving. Okay. Um, So I obviously still honored all the contracts that I had in place. Um, We moved at the end of October in 2020, but we knew that we were moving. So I did like book significantly less in preparation for the move, Mm -hmm. but I did still have clients that next year in 2021. So I went back to Nebraska. I think I might've had like seven or eight Nebraska weddings that I traveled back for. Yeah. Um, And with a family and like having a daughter, like it was hard to leave, but it Mm -hmm. was also par for the course. Like we decided to move. And part of that was, you know, tying up the loose ends business wise in Nebraska. And um, there's a temptation, you know, when things were, you know, feeling daunting in Michigan to just quick book a Nebraska wedding. But, and I did that twice and I regretted it, (laughs) not regretted it. it. They were awesome. But it was like, I just need to be where I am and like trust that things will come and I will be okay. And so Mm -hmm. will my family. But it was really hard not to be like, oh, but I could just go back once and it'd be fine. Yeah. yeah. But I had to really just start telling people like I'm no longer booking Nebraska weddings. I'm only shooting here in Michigan and closing that chapter kind of in a cleaner cut way. Okay. Yeah. That's it's good to hear that you still went back and shot those weddings Mm because I do think it's like part of like having a good reputation is like actually following through with like, if someone books with you, like you don't leave them high and dry and be like, Oh, sorry. Like I'm moving. Right. Like you follow through with your contracts. I mean, I had to go back to New York multiple times Mm -hmm. and not only that, I like kept getting like these, this was so annoying. Once I moved, then I started getting these high end weddings there (laughs) that were like, like budgets were amazing, like amazing clients from like New York city. And I was like, I, like, genuinely had to be like, Cassidy, 
I know. I need to stop flying out here. Like I these know. are amazing clients, but you're just building and feeding into this client totally. base out there that I don't want to keep having. It's so that's the temptation though, is you're yeah. like, but I could just just as easily yeah. work one wedding this weekend. Right. And then be in Michigan the rest of the, it's like, no, you need to focus your time and energy on the long-term game, which yes. is where you're trying to build roots. And I get it though. It's so hard. Right. Unless you're trying to like become like destination. Right. And right. like, yeah. Share it all. Uh, yeah, Go exactly. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, cool. Well that, that did answer my question. I was wondering like okay, if you had like bookings in Nebraska still. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely still had to tie up those loose ends and then, um, really try to focus on a client base that I was hoping to grow here and what's so I don't know it's just really cool to look back even in preparation for this just like all the different things that I did even looking back at my old calendars from like 2020 and 2021 and um what's crazy and this is not like that you can cut this out if it sounds weird okay (laughs) please feel free to do that but out of all the years in Nebraska that I shot my first full season here in Michigan, which would have been, I think, 2022 or wait, maybe 2021. Nobody fact check me <laughs> um, was like my best financial like year I yeah. had ever had in my business. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because I had stopped pigeonholing myself. I had opened up opportunities and sought them out in a really authentic way. Yeah. And worked super hard. Like, yeah really tried not to get discouraged when things weren't going my way because there were times that I would get ghosted or like a photographer wouldn't reach back out or um, you know yet again there's an email to a venue that I never get a response from as I'm trying to make connections but continuing to push forward it was like such a encouragement at the end of the year to say all that effort you know because of like essentially the support of my husband too, like that worked and it was a, such yeah. a great feeling. Yeah. No, I don't think that's weird at all. I think that's like a really cool and almost like it almost solidifies like, yeah, I'm supposed to be doing this here. Cause yeah. you, you said when you moved here, like you wanted to put in as much energy and effort as you can, but like if it doesn't work out, yeah. then it's just not what I'm supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. but it just solidifies like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And like you said in Nebraska, you might have been like, I don't know, just not challenging yourself yes. as much. Yeah. Because when you come here, it's like, oh, I have to start connecting with people. Yeah. I have to start putting in effort to get these bookings. And I think yeah. it does kind of relight, like, you know, a little bit of totally. passion in you almost. I think it's so easy to just rely on your network if you've been at a place for a long time and to almost get lazy with mm-hmm. how you handle relationships, whether it's vendors or clients or um, friends in the industry, it's like, do you, how much do you really value your network and your circle? Because once you start to get feeling like an island, like you can do it on your own, you just really miss out on yeah. beautiful opportunities to connect and challenge yourself and branch out. And so, um, yeah, it was a huge challenge to move, but it was so fruitful, so worth it. 
This episode is sponsored by Aftershoot. Aftershoot is an AI-assisted culling and editing software designed to save you hours of editing. Aftershoot offers unlimited culling and unlimited editing for a flat rate, so it's not priced per image. And Aftershoot can run without Wi-Fi, so you can edit on a plane in the middle of nowhere. Aftershoot has you covered. The culling app has lots of great features that can help you with the review process, like key faces, duplicate grouping, spray can mode, and more. Go to the link in the description and use code CASSIDY20 to get 20% off all Aftershoot packages. That's Cassidy20 to get 20% off all Aftershoot packages. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. Okay, so I wanted to ask you to kind of like wrap up this segment about you moving. What are some tips you would have for someone that is moving and like wants to have a successful move? Like what what are just some tips you would give that person? Yeah, um, I think my, my biggest tips would be... Um, Start reaching out to people and making genuine connections with as many industry um, involved people as you can, whether Mm -hmm. that's vendors or other photographers, videographers, just start making your way um, into what can sometimes feel like a really tight knit community. Um, Another thing I did was I joined like Facebook referral groups and I couldn't join some of them until I actually had like a Michigan location or address. So once you're in your new location, try to get involved with some referral groups, making some connections, start posting as consistently as you can um, Mm -hmm. and tagging or hashtagging like relevant places. Um, And then, you know, honestly, more than anything, be yourself. Like when you meet somebody, part like part of my not my entire identity, but I am a wedding photographer. And so. When people meet me, it's okay to talk about your job and not feel yeah. weird about that um, or like you're fishing or like needing something. But yeah. Um, yeah, reaching out to people, making genuine connections, and then um, not being afraid to step a couple steps back, especially if you're a well established photographer. It can feel like you have to check your pride a little bit and say, yeah. actually, you know, with my wedding photography story I did not second shoot one like I shot second shot one wedding before I started taking on my own and so having to almost it felt like I was backsliding to second shoot but it was so so good yeah and I don't know everything and I always can learn from somebody else and Mm so um second shooting for people is really important um yeah I don't know I feel like creating groups if you can and um being creating the community that you want to have Mm -hmm. takes a lot of effort and sometimes it feels outside of our personalities to do that but um it's worth it yeah no that those are amazing tips Uh, second shooting is pretty humbling Mm -hmm. but I think it's good it honestly just makes you a better wedding photographer because you just understand like Like, it kind of takes you out of that bubble of, like, the main character almost and puts you on the sidelines and helps you understand, like, oh, like, maybe the bride doesn't feel great when I, you know, do this during posing or, you know, something like that. It just kind of opens your eyes a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, and there's, it's so, like, eye-opening, too, to see just how differently other people do things. Like, um, and having to really check myself, like, I don't have the perfect system. I don't have the perfect shooting style I will never be the perfect photographer and that's like so freeing to say I can learn from somebody even if I wouldn't do thing that do things the same way I still have something to learn even mm-hmm. if it's what I need to do different yeah you know yeah no that's a good approach truly 
Um, so let's talk about work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, we said LOL at the beginning because <laughs> I asked Haley if she wanted to talk about it. And she was, because I was like, you're so good at it. And she was, she was like, okay, like, I don't <laughs> think I am. But um, just maybe just talk to us a little bit about how you have set up work-life balance and how you're trying yeah. to make it work. Because you have a daughter mm-hmm. and like your husband works, you work. So yeah. just kind of like walk us through the journey. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like so much of my advice this whole time has been more like mindset than like a lot of, obviously there are a lot of action steps, Mm -hmm. but I think first mindset wise within work um, and being a full-time wedding photographer, having a husband that works full-time and then we have a family too. So our daughter is three and um, probably the best advice I can give is to be where you are. So I have to wear a lot of different hats in my life and I can only wear one at a time. And that's okay to be all wedding photographer Haley one day. Mm -hmm. As long as when I come back home, I'm like really present. And that's hard to do when you're running a business that's entirely on your shoulders. It's really hard to make time and protect and keep sacred the family time, but also do a really good job running a business. It can feel like a lot of pressure And so I think a lot of people say this, but like the first thing you have to do when you think about work-life balance is remind yourself it's literally a myth. You cannot achieve perfect balance. Yeah. It's impossible. We can aim for it and try for it, but um, when you set an impossible standard, it'll leave you feeling discouraged and overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think setting the bar as low as you can and saying, you know, as much as I'm able, I am going to be the best business owner I can. I had a super sweet friend when I was struggling with like just my inability to balance work and being a mom. I had a friend, it was so sweet. She was like, it's so awesome. She said it so casually. She's like, it's so awesome. You get to show Carter what it looks like to run a business. (laughs) And I was like pretty blown away by the idea of like, she is watching me run a business and it's a joy to get to show her that you can work really, really hard at something. You can take failure, you can mess up, you can make mistakes or have regrets in your business, but you can also succeed and try really hard and you know work with incredible people and take cool photos. And mm-hmm. um, when my identity isn't in how successful my business is, I get to show Carter no matter if you fail or win at whatever you try in life, you don't, your worth or value is not directly tied to what you bring to the table. Just who you are is enough. Mm -hmm. Um, Another way that I think practically I try to achieve like work-life balance is um, really trying to invite Carter in to understanding what my business is and what I do. Mm-hmm. I love that Carter can answer, you know, to a stranger or a friend what Leighton and I do for work mm-hmm. um, because it's not a secret. We work jobs. We have to work. And I want her to understand, you know, there are times, yeah, that I, I do have to go shoot a wedding and it's sad and I don't want to leave her. But she also is so obsessed now with taking photos yeah. and all things wedding she loves all of it. She's also like the most ultimate like girl for a three-year-old. <laughs> and um, 
it's really fun to like even take her on like shoots. I'll take her to yeah. photo shoots with friends and she has her little fifteen dollar camera that stop, she brings along and stop. Not her like getting better shots than you like literally I feel like <laughs> if I had a kid and they did that, they'd literally get better shots than me. I'd be like, totally. You're gone. And it's like a cute little retro like vintage camera. I'm like, this is so like cool. It's like yeah, film. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it's probably so fun to share what you're passionate about. With your yes. child, and then your child also becoming passionate about it. Like, yeah, that's that's cool. Like, why would you not want to do that? No, we were actually at a family shoot last night just for friends of ours. And, you know, she I tell her, like, you're my second photographer. You stay here and you, <laughs> we do all these things together. And it's open and fluid. She's three. That's so but cute. by the end, I was like, OK, Carter, it's your turn to be the lead. And you get to Stop. I have videos of her posing them. No way. Like. She was saying, well, you know, hug each other and walk towards me. Now walk backwards. Like oh she was gosh. watching what I was doing and was repeating. It was so sweet. Wait, I could cry. I know. That is so it cute. It was really cute. But yeah, it's like, it's so fun to invite her in and, and let her see what that looks like. And um, it requires a lot of sacrifice on behalf of the parent. Like I've mm-hmm. had late nights and early mornings, um, you know, and I have to, you know, give up certain things like a certain wedding client or a weekend with family because I have, yeah, you know, the privilege of helping provide for my family. And I also have this insane calling of being a mom and raising up a daughter and now a son. And it's just, yeah, it feels really burdensome sometimes, but overall I think having a re- very loose grip on my business mm-hmm. um, can show Carter and eventually like this baby too, like you are not what you do. Um, and once that gets too wrapped up, it gets really sticky. Yeah. Cause now if I'm not doing well at photography, I'm suddenly a bad person or mom or business owner or whatever. But if you can separate those things out and say, I'm not only what I do, but that is a part of mm-hmm. who I am too. I don't yeah. Know. No, that's good. And you and Layton do like mornings and evenings. Right. Or like something like that where you like split your time. Like one of you is with Carter and then one of you works and then you flip. Yeah. How has that been? Is that like recommended, not recommended? Yeah. I feel like each family finds a different rhythm and um, Layton's job. So at the time when we were doing that system, he was part time. Now he's full time. Oh, no. And so. So not anymore. So not anymore as much. But even still, like we both carry you know, the weight of our household too. So like we understand there's, there's a flexing that needs to happen. Like he'll put Carter down for a nap or, um, you know, I take the morning shift and he get goes to all of these, his meetings or whatever. Um, each day is a little bit different. He works from home. So we have a lot of flexibility with that, which is yeah. awesome. But his job is a lot more routine than mine. So okay. um, I do feel like I have a more flexible schedule and end up taking on more of, like, the mothering parenting role on the day-to-day. But he's so involved. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say it's pretty evenly split. And it's not always. Each season's different. Yeah. When we moved to Michigan, it was pretty much 90-10. Like, he was all in with Carter, and I was working really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And so each season is different, and being okay to have conversations with whoever is in your support system to say, things are changing, and I need to reevaluate how my daily rhythm is flowing and being okay with kind of struggling through finding a new system. Yeah. I really like what you said, like at the very beginning about how like the idea of work-life balance is (laughs) literally fake. Yeah. So like, I feel like the theme of this episode is 
set the bar on the floor. Like, <laughs> the bar is so Barry low. It. Yes. We don't have a standard. Yeah. And like I that actually kind of hits home because it's like I feel like with work-life balance, something is always sacrificed. Yeah. And like the whole idea with work-life balance is you don't sacrifice anything. It's like perfect right. balance between work and life. There's right. never any crossover. But I just feel like naturally there is crossover. Like, yeah, I feel like I couldn't run my business well if I didn't have some p- part of my personal life yeah. in like integrated into my business. You know and what I, I mean? I feel like it's healthy to have crossover. Like, why would I want to keep my husband or my daughter from understanding what I do on a weekend? Yeah. Or why, you know, I have these sweet clients that are sending baby gifts because they, you know, it's like there's there's a beautiful thing in letting things intermingle. But I think that overall mindset of saying, you know, today, you might wear multiple hats in a day, but I can't be a mom and be on my phone Instagramming and posting reels. Like, yeah. be where you are for whatever that little moment is mm-hmm. and be, like, all in on it, you know? Yeah. That's convicting to even say. It's hard <laughs> to even say because I'm not perfect at that. Like, I still right. am on my phone when my daughter's around and I don't want to be, but to really try to remind myself, be gracious with myself and say, you know, as much as I can, one hat at a time and do it with everything you have. Um, and it won't leave anything up for, up for like critique later on, like regret about was I involved enough? Was I present enough? If you can really work when you work and mom when you mom Mm -hmm. and allow that bleed over to happen in a way that you know, encourages your kids or, you know, lets your clients into your life. Like, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. No, I almost feel like when you wear multiple hats, at, but you only wear one hat throughout the day, like th- in a moment, you're only mm-hmm. wearing one hat. I feel like that is almost more encouraging for me to be like, I'm going to work super hard while yeah. I have the time to work on my marketing or whatever. Totally. So I'm going to like, really bust out all the reels that I need to and all my TikToks. So then I can, you know, after 5 p.m., then I can, you know, wear the wife hat or whatever or the sister hat. Um, Like, I feel like it's almost like, yes, there's going to be bleed over. But when you are wearing one hat, just really make sure you're using your time wisely. Totally. I feel like it's almost more like a push. Like, it just kind of a nice little (laughs) push in the butt you know you just need a little motivation sometimes yeah like when Carter has um you know she's at preschool three mornings a week so she I have three hours like and I get so much done in three hours because Mm -hmm. when she's home I don't want to have half my brain thinking about some ridiculous to-do list item that for sure can wait you know I have such a like quick like turnaround time with things that I'm like I have to do it right now and you don't you can take a breath take a day um and say yeah I feel like it's so so easy to just try to do everything all at once and it just makes you feel like you're failing at every area yeah which I felt like that and so if you just do what you can in that one moment as well as you can um like, I don't know, the weekends I have a wedding, for example, Carter and I have like a mommy Carter date in the morning and it's really mm-hmm. sweet time because I'm intentional to say like, this is my time with you. I do have to work, but yeah, I'm still wanting to be present and yeah. Yeah. Just show her that she's like a priority. Yeah. totally. Yeah. And that would work with like, if you have a significant other totally. or I don't know, like a sister or whoever you want to yeah. spend time with, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
to end the episode. Yes. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> yes, we're ready. <laughs> we're sweating. <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> I, I feel like with a lot of my guests, I try, I try to get like crazy stories out of them because yeah. I just think it's so entertaining. So tell me, do you have like something crazy that's happened at like a wedding or a shoot that you did um, that you would like to share with us? Ooh. <laughs> I feel like the whole first my whole first year was like so up and down shooting weddings there were just there were a lot of stories there yes that we will leave there leave them there (laughs) yeah we don't need to reopen the wounds honestly no it's too much (laughs) (laughs) there was one time though that I was you know I'm a big fake it till you make it girl you know unfortunately honestly (laughs) I am too I'm faking it all the time truly I thought that was like the key to life was like oh you just pretend (laughs) the whole time no absolutely not (laughs) no I'm kidding um but yeah I'm a big fake it till you make it girl and I'm taking these super fun engagement photos everything is going great except for the fact that my camera battery dies and I'm freaking out Mm -hmm. like I still have like for sure significant like at least 10 or 15 minutes left of this like little one hour shoot like that's a big chunk of time for one hour yeah and um I was like I'm like sweating thinking about it but anyway so I continue to fake shoot (laughs) as I mean my camera is fully dead right no shutter is going off nothing is happening (laughs) not a thought behind those (laughs) eyes nothing I was basically blacking out (laughs) and I'm still like posing them like actively like you guys look so cute. Perfect, perfect. This is amazing. And the bride goes, oh, my gosh, I never realized, like, how quiet your camera was. I was like, yeah, it's, like, new features. <laughs> I'm, like, puking. I'm like, yeah, it's, like, super quiet. It's, so it's quiet. awesome. <laughs> it's actually turned off right now. Literally. I never told them. Oh, my gosh. So good. I just fake shot for, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. And then was like, so, I love them. They're yeah. turning out great. Turned out great. And <laughs> they never, my bag and left. They never noticed either. They never knew. That's amazing. But I was sweating like beads of sweat. Right. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if I could do that. Like, I yeah. don't know if I'm a good enough actress to genuinely hide my panic. I was probably, like, I probably pee myself. Yeah. Like on the way home. <laughs> Most likely. Yeah. That's crazy. It was really embarrassing. Yeah. And honestly, the fact that you kept shooting. I could not. I have no quit in me. <laughs> I think I would literally have to be honest and be like, I'm so sorry. Like my battery died. I'm a horrible person. I I mean, true. And it's, I feel like from that point on though, you have to have something like that to tell yourself pack 14 batteries. That's like true. it's a charge lesson. your batteries. Yeah. You didn't have any more, but ba- like that was None. it. You brought one battery with you. I didn't even bring my camera bag with me. <laughs> Sometimes I do that. I bring so bad. literally like my like backpack that like just a little backpack. Like literally the bare like, minimum. Yeah, like a little tiny backpack. I'll pack one extra lens, one battery, and like one extra SD card. Rogue SD card. Rogue, yeah. It's like loose. floating around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. No, I'm you're just never waiting fine. for the day where it's like, <laughs> oh, I actually need my backup camera. I'm so scared for that <laughs> moment. Knowing me and my luck, it'll happen at my next shoot. So yeah, you can always call me. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, I usually shoot really close to my house, so I feel like it's never. It would never be that big of an issue. But imagine the like embarrassment. I know it's true. Yeah, and it'd be horrible. It just feels unprofessional too. What's sad is that's not the only time my cameras died, and I've continued to fake shoot. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> or like, if the S, like if we have three minutes left of a session, yeah. and we're like essentially done, and my SD card's full, I'll take a couple fake shots <laughs> and not change it out. Have you heard of people who like? Is that wrong? <laughs> 
Yes. No one responds to that. <laughs> have you heard of the people who like at a wedding reception when they have enough dancing photos? I do that. Do the test shot? Yes. You do. <laughs> I I did it so at bad. one wedding because I was there for three hours. It's a lot of pictures of the same yeah, people dancing. I was like, I don't need this. So I actually was just hitting my little flash. 100%. So funny. They think I'm like so pumped about these For photos. Real. I'm just I know. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I never saw them in the final gallery. I know. You're so like, remember funny. when we did the like <laughs> the, the cake, limbo? The cake like, what? like <laughs> Oh, um, not good. Yeah. So Haley, tell everyone where they can find and follow you on social. Since you're just yeah. the social queen, <laughs> since everyone finds you from Instagram and um We'll cut that out. What? But I just said that was a weird sound. Oh, I'm leaving it in 100. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, Instagram is just my first and last name, so it's H A L E Y, letter C, C H I C O I N E. Yeah, yeah. Her last name copy paste ha- hard to hard to say, so I'm gonna put it in the show notes so everyone can just like go and click on it. Super easy. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, Instagram, not cool enough for TikTok. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I have. Obviously, like my website too, but yeah, Instagram and my website are good. Cool, yeah. awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for um, having me. Yeah, this podcast is so good to. You're the best. Oh, I look up to you a lot for a lot of different reasons, oh, and stop. it's such a like it's been so fun to like even just to see you, thanks, like in girl. the last couple of years. Yeah, you're, just, you're incredible. Just to you're see doing you great in stuff. Just I love seeing you. First time we love your seen face. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, thanks for having me. Yes. All right, everyone listening, I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. With all of the highlights and the shadows is my composure All the layers above, all the edits and tweaks, I know her I am so done, needing more time developing in my red room It doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand Whatever the moment, wherever we stand, I'm taking it doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand. Whatever the moment, wherever we stand, I'm taking you, taking you, taking you. Getting a little bit higher. With different step I take, I'm getting good. Getting a little bit better. I'm climbing to the top. Never gonna stop. I'm Never gone.